loved it when he would read a book. And so I started doing that with my kids. And a lot of times before bed, they are begging for a story. Now, I like a good story. And there are all kinds of different stories. We sometimes will read epic fantasy stories. In fact, I was having a discussion this morning when I first got here. I started kind of geeking out because there's a really great one where the author like creates an entire universe and it's, just, it's an amazing book. We also like to read biographies, stories of things that actually happened about different people. We just finished one about a World War II pilot and some of the stuff that he went through and dealt with. Stories are enjoyable. They're fun to see. Um, this morning, as we continue, consider Christmas, a lot of us think of the Christmas story, right? You think of the, the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and a bunch of different people. And as I was pondering, you know, what, what to bring on a Christmas morning when there's all kinds of, of things going on and, and distractions, which a lot of those, they're fun. I, I'd be one of the first to admit I enjoy Christmas cookies waking up and and having presents under the tree, all of that stuff. It's fun, it's enjoyable, but it can also be a little bit distracting at times. And as I was thinking about, you know, what to share this morning, um, it occurred to me that oftentimes when I think of the Christmas story, I think of little bits and pieces, and I don't see the forest for the trees. I I get focused in on, well, last week we talked about Joseph, right? amazing looking and and digging into just that one person and getting to see what God did with him. Over the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to look at two other people that were involved in the Christmas story, Um, but those are in the next couple of weeks. For today, I wanted to do something a little bit different and what I think is a little bit special. I want to read the Christmas story. Now, If you've been around the scriptures much at all, which I know this church has a lot, which is really cool and amazing, you guys know that the Christmas story in its entirety is actually divided up in different places. So what I've done is compiled all of that together, and I tried to do it kind of in a a straight through. Now, this is Isaac editorializing to try and get it through, Let's recognize that, that you know, the different authors of the Gospels were doing particular things, and they didn't necessarily always say, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and straight through. But as we read through, I want to just take a moment and see this, this amazing orchestra that God put together to, to give us the story of the birth of Christ. So I'm going to read through it, and it, it will take a little bit, um, they are, all, each of the passages will be listed up there, and uh, I even promised Mark that I would give him a Christmas present. If you've ever gone onto our website and watched the, uh, the sermons that I've had, I have a tendency to walk a lot, and he has a hard time keeping the, he, he does a great job, he does the best he can. Well, I told him that I would sit down and stay in one place. <clears throat> Now, as Bernie was leaving, he told me I'm not allowed to sit down on the job, but sorry, Bernie, I'm going to anyway. So I'm going to sit and read for you the whole Christmas story. And I I would encourage you, follow along in your copy of the scriptures. It's going to be passages from Luke and Mark and John, or sorry, Luke and Matthew and John. 
Um, and I think Mark will probably keep up with me, most likely. So we're going to start off in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 1, he gives his explanation of what he's doing or why he's recording these things. And I'm not going not to add a lot of comments as we go through. I just want to, to allow Scripture to have the opportunity to, to speak this morning. So Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things that you have been taught. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which, which coming into the world, enlightens every man. He was in the world. The world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Back to Luke chapter 1. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blameless in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it came to pass, when he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the customs of the priest's office, his lot was to enter into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were in prayer outside at the hour of incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, 
Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine nor liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man. My wife is advanced in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to you and to bring you this good news. Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my word, which has been fulfilled in their proper time, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Behold, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, 
My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away rich, empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months, then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. She gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had displayed great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father, and they wanted as to what he wanted to call him. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were astonished. And at once his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. Fear came on all those living around them, and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly upon him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished his redemption for his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our fathers, and to remember his covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation, by bringing forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until the days of his public appearance to Israel. Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now in those days, sorry, back to Luke chapter 2. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as had been told them. And when eight days were fulfilled before his circumcision, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And then when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms. And he blessed God and said, 
Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Back to Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And Herod the king heard this, and he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he said to them, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child. When you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by a different way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Then, what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up 
took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah in the place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Luke 2. The child continued to grow and became strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. But supposing him to be in the caravan, they went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement that he made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It's so easy to come to Christmas time and think of just little bits and pieces. But it's amazing to me to see how God orchestrated everything so perfectly. He brought together people from so many different areas and different lifestyles and different backgrounds, different families, different histories. And he was able to orchestrate this amazing, amazing story. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to go back to portions of this same thing that I have read. We're going to examine a couple of those. But today, and for this week, I want to encourage you, possibly even take a little bit of time, maybe today or, or in the next couple of days, to go back and reread and examine some of these people that God used. Some of them were, were hurting. Some of them were poor. Some of them were wealthy. Some of them were happy and excited. Some of them had no clue what was going on. And others, the moment that they heard the story... They were ready to obey God and do what he said. Some of them took a little bit of convincing. I don't know which of those you might be, but the amazing thing is that God had the same message for each of them. Behold, the Savior is coming, and I want you to know, and I want you to trust him. Now, obviously, there's more to the story. We've only read... The, the amount that we know of his childhood. There's actually not much more in Scripture about his youth, but he grows up. He lives a perfect life. He teaches individuals. He calls his disciples. 
He performs miracles and confirms that he is the promised Messiah. And he's hated for it. And he's sent to a cross to die. But he went willingly because, as we read last night, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, that means you, that means me, anyone that believes in him would not perish. See, the Bible says that all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die. And yet, because God loved the world so much, he gave Jesus, so that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. My prayer for you today is that you have accepted the gift that God gave to us, the gift of Jesus Christ. If you've not, I would encourage you to today. If you have, the amazing thing about this gift is that once you've received it, you get to give it away too. You can give it to others simply by sharing the gospel, telling them about what God has done in your life and telling them the story of who Christ is and what he's done for them. We're going to close in prayer and I believe we've got one more song. And then as we head out, whatever other festivities or activities you've got, I want to encourage you, remember the gift that God has given us because he loved us so much. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, as we have just slowed down to read your word and to recognize the awesome, amazing gift that you have given us, Lord, help us to not become distracted from that, but to realize and recognize that that you have given us a gift far beyond what we can can really even comprehend. And Lord, you did it in an amazing way. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can read it and study it. Thank you that we can have copies of it so freely. Lord, that is something that has not been the case throughout most of history, and yet you have blessed us so abundantly that we can read it almost to the point that we take it for granted. Lord, help us to to love it and to cherish it. Help us to read it and study it. Help us to learn from it more of who you are, that we may draw closer to you. Lord, as we head out from here, I pray that you would help us to give that gift to others, that we would share the story of what you have done so that all may know. Lord, it is sad, it is heartbreaking to realize that there are those who, who do not want to receive your gift. I don't understand it. I can't fathom it. Because it is an awesome, amazing gift. So thank you, Lord, that you have given it to us. Help us to be faithful to share it with others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.